Thank you for listening to Otaku Beef. This is season two, (laughs) I guess. I never really thought about it or really thought it out or thought it through or anything like that. I just knew that I needed to come with a little bit more consistent, dense content. Um, I don't think that unless we're doing one episode of podcast for one episode of television show is it really going to give people enough to talk about some of the deep dives that I like doing were good but I think I'm going to start doing this and treating the podcast the way I treat everything and just kind of when it comes to you it comes so instead of let me try to put something out every single day let me try to put out one or two things a week I think that's going to be a little bit more interesting. So, slightly new format. Everything else is the same. We're talking about anime. We're talking about pop culture. We're talking about hip-hop, gaming, um, whatever else is on my mind. For those of you who don't know, my name is Zid Raw, Z-I-D-R-A-W, on all social media channels. And I am an aspiring rapper, an aspiring otaku, and an aspiring human being. I've been kind of working myself to death lately when it comes to uh, the creative side of things. I've been working on music. I recently dropped Abandonware. And that's probably been the most unsatisfying music drop for me in a long time. Every time I put something out, I'm usually really thrilled and really excited about it. But I was like, let me put out this Abandonware project. And... I just think it's kind of like, there's like some really good songs, but I don't feel like that I really captured what I was trying to really capture. And maybe I just need to put out one dope song when the song is done, and then put out another dope song when that song is done. I almost feel like projects are kind of going the way of the dodo, unless you have a platform. Like, why put out the project? to fall on deaf ears, you know? What else can you do with your situation? So, that's basically what's been going on with 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 the music. I haven't put it up on iTunes yet. I think I'm going to definitely put the single In My Bones up. I want to do the video for In My Bones. And, yeah, that's basically what's going on. I think it's a really interesting and intriguing time, music-wise for me, because I'm starting to gain some actual skill, knowledge, and know-how, but I've never had more skill, and then I've never had um, lower quality equipment, and I don't mean low quality like, oh yeah, like two tape recorders and... Um, whatever they used to do back in the day. I mean, just like I don't have the up-to-date DOS that I that I should. I don't have the up-to-date uh, equipment. Uh, my computer died. I'm still trying to upgrade my setup, so that just means saving money so that I can do it. And so because of that, I don't exactly have... I'm not able to hit the, the, the capacity of, uh, of work that I feel like I should be hitting in terms of the quality of sound. So, it's been weird, but it's also been very educational, but because I can't hide behind immediately good quality stuff, I have it forces me to kind of get good at uh, using what I have. So there's a positive there, definitely. Um, but as a result, the last drop that I put out was a little bit unsatisfying in the fact that I couldn't get that first track to really feel and sound how I wanted it to sound. And um, maybe I should have just let it, let it go and not have it on there and just, you know, chalk it up to uh, this album, learning experience, move on for next time. But who knows? Um, other than that, it's just been a really good time. I've absorbed a lot of pop culture. So we're going to be talking about some right now uh fear the walking dead love peace hair grease etc 
Yeah, so let's talk Fear the Walking Dead Season 2. Um, this is a show that if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, like I am, you just crave more interactions, you crave more stories, you crave more about uh, this world. So if you don't know anything about the shows and you do want to hear it, you know, Walking Dead is the zombie apocalypse. It happened. We follow the characters in and around um, the Georgia area um, in the beginning and how they traverse throughout different locations uh, throughout the world dealing with the world as it's changed as the zombies are the new norm so forth and so on what we love about it is that they're very strong uh, character like archetypes and it's very good character study work when it comes to um, that very traditional style of storytelling this is the, the healer this is the rogue this is the mage this is the doctor, this is the leader, this is the wild card, this is the asshole, so forth and so on. Walking Dead is awesome. So when you get hooked up on a show like that, and uh, the show is out for the season, all you want is more of that. You want more Walking Dead. Uh, If we had had a backstory on the downfall of Atlanta before we even met Glenn... That would have been amazing, but that's 100% not not the case. It's not the case at all. So we get when we do get something and we get Fear the Walking Dead, we're just over the moon because we're like more Walking Dead, new location, new characters. It's going to be amazing, and it is because it's just more of what we wanted. It's like a spinoff game or something. All right, so anyways, I'm really going to talk about Fear of the Walking Dead Season 2 and I guess Season 1, just for context. So if you don't want to be spoiled on any of that, you can go ahead and skip the next episode. I think next time I'm going to talk about power. I'm going to talk about the storytelling and the fakeness of, um, of character. How they make very unrealistic male and very unrealistic female um, characters when shows become over-dramatized, like on Power. So, Fear the Walking Dead, Season 2. Right now, it's on Season 3. So, if you're all the way caught up, congrats. I love you guys. But I'm just going to be talking about Season 2 from my own perspective because that's fresh in my mind. I just watched it. Um, I was just able to get it because it's on Hulu. I've been meaning to watch it for a minute, but anyway. Right off the top, and of course, spoilers for Fear the Walking Dead, and I guess Walking Dead, I guess. Not really going to... I might mention it. Anyway, right off the top of my head, you instantly compare the characters to their Walking Dead counterparts. Like, people are like, This person is Rick, and this person is Daryl, and this person is blah, 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 and so forth. But I don't know if that's really fair to the story. I don't know if that's really fair to the show or the characters or even the actors. Because they're a little bit too different. Um, The characters in The Walking Dead are more like character archetypes. They're very singular in the aspect of character that they are uh, possessing. Like, this one is the leader. This one is the scout. This one is the doctor. Very specific roles without much variance um, or maybe even complexity. Fear the Walking Dead, all the characters are way, way, way more human. They come off more as character than caricature, like the uh, Walking Dead characters do in many ways. So, because they're so real, they ironically become less likable. Isn't that crazy? 
Who else is, I mean, just taken by Fear the Walking Dead and how it just does things in a much more human way. Now, here's what's so crazy about it. I think that that's kind of the problem with that particular uh, story versus the other one is that in The Walking Dead, right? So as I said earlier, The Walking Dead, the characters are more caricature in a lot of ways. And what's appealing to us is when these caricatures, i.e. archetypes, show their human side. Whereas Daryl is the one of the best examples. Daryl is always kind of the strong and silent type the hard ass he's gonna throw a punch before he mints his words he doesn't deal with emotions he's very specific in how they portray him that's a character archetype the the rebel without a cause the the bad boy who just he just doesn't care he just has to do whatever he wants whenever he wants and he's not gonna relent for anybody We're almost living for the moments when that archetype breaks and a little bit of humanity sinks in. That's very compelling. When Glenn, who's just always the happy-go-lucky, making sure everyone is okay, loving everybody, um, tries to work things out, tries to talk things through, we love it when that archetype breaks and he has to be a badass and go out on his own and dominate some people like in season six when they get to Alexandria and Glenn has that confrontation with uh, I believe it's Spencer and he basically has to lay him out on his ass that's against type and it only works and it's only compelling because he Glenn has a specific type. That's what I'm getting at. Now, Fear the Walking Dead is opposite. The characters are more well-rounded. They're more human in that a lot of times they'll withhold their type to go with the flow or they're still trying to measure things out or their type is shifting sometimes they're being a hard ass sometimes they're together they're very they're less consistent on average than the main characters of the walking dead <clears throat> so because of that they're far more human because that's how people are but they're not as interesting and when we see ourselves too clearly, we almost like tune out or we almost get annoyed because we don't want to see ourselves in the zombie apocalypse. We think we do, but we don't. We want to see versions of us that are better, more well-defined, more clear-cut, stronger, more concise, more precise in how they act. That's what we want to see. Because, we, because, because in the stories, we want to live vicariously through these other characters. It's basically what go, what's going on. How would I react in this situation? No, 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 no. Not how would I really react. How do I wish I would react in these situations, right? So, someone who's quiet but has a little bit of anger, they're like, that's what I would be. I would be Daryl. I'd be punching and I'd be kicking but I really had a heart of gold at the end and I would be a nice guy or no I'd be Rick I'd be the leader all the time I'd make the tough decisions I'd step up reluctantly but I would eventually step up or I'd be Michonne like so forth and so on these characters are these I the ones that survive the ones that are lasting are the ideals they're they're, they're the human ideals of people so now we get to Fear the Walking Dead and the ones that are su surviving, they're not idealistic types. They're just, they're just people who are surviving. Crazy, right?
So they're all like that basically across the board with one exception. Strand. Strand is a caricature. He's an archetype for most of the series up through season two, which is the extent of what I've seen. I haven't seen um, anything from season three yet. I'll be checking it out soon. I wanted to kind of talk about um, basically what's going on. But Strand, he is a very specific ideal of a human being. He is what you would consider in uh, D&D terms a true neutral. Only in it for himself. Doesn't really care about sides. Only really cares about what works. He just goes with the logic of the situation and then every now and then he makes a, a stand which is, I would say, a logical stand. So... But because of how consistent he uh, he is, and because of how straightforward and redundant he is with his um, with how he acts, he he becomes a very well defined uh, character, quote unquote, which is bordering on being a caricature. But because he's clear. In his intent and who he is, it's easier for people to like him or like seeing him when it comes to storytelling. Because what's what's so crazy is that we have a hard, difficult time with chaos or with ill-defined humans. And we have this problem in real life, too, where when someone says they are a basketball player, right? And then one day we see them playing football or say we see them playing tennis, something a little bit random. We're like, I thought you were a basketball player as if you can't like play basketball and play tennis. Like this is what we do as human beings. It's bizarre, but that's what we do. And so when someone we can't quite pin them down, we don't really know it, it really bothers us. So I can totally see that when we see shows like the best shows in TV each character is an archetype and the show ends when that archetype changes into a healthy version of that archetype that's basically it so people are like oh I love I hate all these people I hate this person I hate this person except Strand because Strand is going to because they know he's defined he's a character and he does bad things he does good things but he is always doing it with the same motivation looking out for himself and it's that consistency of motivation that is compelling to us so then you have characters like Madison whom is kind of like, she's kind of like taking charge. She's like the leader of part of the group now. But she really behaves how a lot of people would behave. She's like, we can't endanger anybody. We're going to all work together. It's going to be great. Then she hears... Then she hears notice, holy shit, my son might still be, might still be out there. I'm going to run over into this, this area with these drug lords and I'm just going to rush in. Even though two seconds ago she was like, we got to do the right thing. We got to do the smart thing because we got to make sure that Strand is fine. Even though her doing that and getting that information could potentially get, in, get him killed. Even though just bursting in and saying, gimme, gimme, gimme doesn't really solve the problem. She just decides that's what she's going to do. That makes us dislike her because two seconds ago, she was being the reasonable one, the rational one. It's inconsistent and it's very real. That's how humans are. And that's not who we want to see when we come to these type of shows. We want to see people that are better than us or worse. We just don't want to see us. Yeah. Now, 
when I think about kind of where things are, one of the characters that I feel who is actually doing the whole character versus character caricature thing pretty well is Travis. Travis, as a dad and as somebody whom is trying to kind of do right by the people around him, he seems like the most consistent in terms of the human character that he is. Where you have like um, Alicia, who just seems like she's just kind of there. She hasn't really developed into anything yet. She hasn't really had that opportunity. Um, Chris was starting to become a little bit more caricatured as opposed to being a character. Um, but he quote you know he may or may not have died. We don't really know. And um, Travis. He's kind of defined, but kind of not. But he's clearer than a lot of the other characters. But but freaking, I mean Nick. But Travis, from season one, he just tries to just kind of go along to get along. Go along to get along. Hey, we can all work this out. Hey, everyone can get what they want. Hey, we need to listen to the people that are in charge. Hey, come on, come on. And people just push him around, push him around, push him around. But he's like, hey, if we just do what we're supposed to do, everything is going to be cool. And then somebody crosses the line and he fucking snaps. When they are, he's trying to help them, they cross the line. He did it again in season two. He, think about if, if, if that had been Madison or if that had been Alicia who was hanging out with those kids, they probably would have told them what's what, tried to attack them and forced Chris to make a decision early. But Travis is just like, let's go along to get along. Come on, go along to get along. Let's just do what we can do. Go along to get along. Until the very end when they say, they report, hey, Chris didn't make it. We had to put him down. And then he just loses his mind. He snaps. That is a truism that's defined enough that us as the viewer, we can kind of latch on to that. Or we can be like, yeah, Travis, he's a really nice guy, but don't, don't fuck with Travis. That is an archetype. That's turning that, hu- that one aspect of his humanity into an archetypal character that we can kind of get along, get along with. Um, here's, what, here's a couple things that really kind of like didn't work for me. So, and it's a shame. So like, I already forgot his name. So they get to the, the, the farm uh, and um, the, the, the one grandpa, Ophelia's dad, I guess he just starts to lose his mind or something. Like, he's like the strongest character on the show. And he sees the little kid who had been turned into a zombie at the beginning and then he remembers back to I don't know what war it was like Korean War or Vietnam and now all of a sudden he just breaks completely and he doesn't know what's going on and he has Alzheimer's he's losing his mind that didn't make any sense that was a bad character turn he seemed like he only did that because of the plot but not for any character reasons like he needed to go crazy so that they can move on but that was poorly handled they could have done him much better, especially for being one of the characters who you liked when he took action because he, you trusted that he was going to know what to do or at least figure out what to do. Then you have characters like... Um, so yeah, I thought that was a waste of a character, a waste of a death. They repeated the whole farm scene because they didn't really know what to do. Um, I'm glad it didn't last the entire season. I like the hotel stuff a lot. It's new. It's uh, different. I don't like the um, the farm repeat because they literally set it on fire exactly the same way the last season two ended for The Walking Dead, which I was like, we we just saw this. They're keeping the zombies in a cage instead of killing them. It's the exact same thing. Um, but what they're, they're really dealing more with the... Um, morally gray too throughout there's a lot of 
moral grayness in this show as well, which almost doesn't seem to match. It seems like absolutely everybody, every encounter that they deal with, um, there's some sort of oh hushed, tough decision of, I don't know if this is the right thing to do, but this is what I got to do. And there's no real moments of any humanity left, which is what they're trying to portray. It's not really working for me because without the pockets of positivity, gray, and extreme negativity, if it's all just kind of gray and negative and gray and negative, and every time they go anywhere, it's it's an not it's a non-understandable guns blazing situation all the time. It kind of loses a little bit of its edge, and feels a little bit as if the writers are writing a story about The Walking Dead, like they're trying to write The Walking Dead fan fiction as opposed to just writing a story. As if what what would this pocket of the world be like should this happen? And I'm not saying you can't have gray, you can't have negative, but you can't have every situation colored the same. Otherwise, the whole canvas is blue. You know, you have to really kind of dive into all the different sections because that's really what tows us along. It's what pulls us through a lot of the weirdness of this of the world is the fact that oh there are some good moments oh there are some bad moments like i'm going to compare it to the walking dead which is obvious there are moments in the the farm season two where yeah herschel made some dumb decisions but there's some there's some good here but then there's also some bad here where you have like uh shane and the people are like, no, we gotta. The main characters are trying to hang on to their humanity by not becoming him. Then you have, oh, let's say um, you have the wolves, right? Very dark, setting traps just for the fuck of it, trying to um, take from people just because they can, take whatever they want bad dudes like generally bad dudes at the same time we're reintroduced to Morgan he's evolved he's zen he's uh, he's really getting his mind together and expelling the negative aspects of his expelling the negative aspects of his personality in order to be reaching a higher level. You get introduced to the very positive with the very negative. And then in the middle, you have a couple of like, we don't know if we trust this chick, we don't know if we trust this person, blah, blah, blah. So forth and so on. So that's kind of what I'm getting at, is that there has to be balance almost clear defi- clearly defined lines in a story because in a story you have to you almost have to give people uh, the ability to choose where they can f- transpose themselves into the situation you have to give them the ability to say yeah I'm with Don Draper I'm with or I'm with Betty or I'm with Peggy like that's very clear, specific lines that kind of flow throughout, which I feel like this doesn't really have. And I think that's why people aren't feeling it the same way that they're really feeling The Walking Dead. This one has a lot of potential, but it's also kind of suffering from having come out with The Walking Dead, having been in its season five is when it came, first came out a couple of years back. And that's almost a positive and a negative for uh, a lot of reasons. Um, Probably a little bit more negative than positive. But here, let me tell you why.
there's a term in fiction called dramatic irony. And I believe it comes from Shakespeare days, but I'm sure one of you guys will call in and correct me if I'm wrong. Dramatic irony is when the audience has information about the story that the characters on screen do not. So, for example, in Fear the Walking Dead, when the mom first shows up to Tijuana to the drug place, and we're like, holy shit, Nick knows this is where Nick comes to drop stuff off with his camp. Eventually, they're going to bump into each other. He might be here now. Holy shit, she's going to finally be reunited with Nick. Meanwhile, all she knows is that she's about to get some drugs. Dramatic irony. Now, the show kind of like ended that irony very fast by her discovering this information very quick, a little bit too quick, and in a very unsatisfying way that we can't really do anything with now. Now that they've already invaded... Which is like what, almost like what was the point? But that generates a feeling or an emotion inside of us, like the the opposite, or I guess not the opposite. But there's it could just be something has happened and nobody knows. The characters don't know, and the audience doesn't know. So, like in season two, when they're looking for Sophia. And Daryl is running all around, tracking, hunting, falling, almost getting bit and all this shit, looking for Sophia until he eventually stumbles back and gets shot in the head by Andrea. We don't know where Sophia is. Nobody knows. So then when she pops out in the barn, season two, super shock, super surprise for everybody. Stuff like that. But if we had known where she was and they were wandering and then all of a sudden say we knew that she was under the stairs but they kept running past the stairs and we were going a little crazy that's the dramatic irony the walking dead fear the walking dead is one big bump of dramatic irony especially in the beginning of the series because we've seen The Walking Dead, and we know that this is the same universe, just different sides of the world, they're not going to meet, we know the rules. We know what happens when a zombie bites you, we know what happens when a zombie, uh, we know everyone's infected, we know that this isn't just some weird thing where uh, it's going to go away soon, we know it's over. We know that the world is different. So that generates a problem. The main characters in season one, Madison is like, oh my God, my neighbor is sick. I should go hug her. And we're like, oh my God, run, jump over the fence, get the hell away as quickly as you possibly can. That's what we're thinking. And at first, it generates some tension. But then after a while, once you get to like midway of season two, and this dramatic irony is still going on, and you're like, all right, come on. But at the same time, we don't want them to just make the characters like, yeah, we get it, we're tough and we're hardcore right away. Because that we would complain then about, oh, yeah, now the show is unrealistic. They're, they're, they're changing too fast. It's just not working for me as a story. It's a weird conundrum that they're in. Because they started at the beginning. They went back to when the outbreak was actually happening. Something that we hadn't seen because Rick woke up in the hospital. Thank, 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 thanking, thank God Shane actually locked him in so he was somewhat safe. But he woke up in the hospital. Everything has gone to shit. He didn't see the collapse. This is our first time seeing the collapse. So even though it's kind of weird, we can kind of see something new but then once that happens we're not that interested what, what new thing are you going to show us and I think that's what's kind of causing some problems there's nothing new there it's redundant and that's frustrating 
Just a quick reminder, don't forget to check out Otaku Us by Zid Raw, Z-I-D-R-A-W. Find that on iTunes. If you want to support the page, spend your 99 cents on the boy Z. I love you. Um, in addition to that, check out some of my old podcasts. We did a deep dive on Lord of the Rings. We've done deep dives on video games, deep dives on, on um, Dragon's Dogma. Uh, coming up, I'm going to be talking about power. I'm going to be talking about the differences between men and women in television and how they're handled. Uh, we're also going to be talking about um, Red Dead Redemption. Once I play more of the game, I've never played it before. I'm actually having some fun playing these old 360 games. And uh, in addition to that, stay tuned. We're going to keep talking about Fear the Walking Dead here because I just have a lot to say. Until I run out of words and want to change the subject or whatever, maybe we'll talk some hip-hop coming soon. But stay tuned. I appreciate all the listens. Uh, find me on YouTube at ZidRaw so you can see all the music and all the fun stuff. I'm going to be doing some very fun stuff shortly. But definitely go to iTunes or Spotify or Tidal and listen to Otaku Us by Zid Raw. You can't miss it. Yeah, I'm an otaku. I love you guys. Peace. I'm trying to figure out if maybe there's something that I'm not seeing in Fear the Walking Dead that it's doing better than uh, The Walking Dead. Or maybe I just haven't done the comparison. Because I know that there's some stuff in which Fear the Walking Dead is superior to The Walking Dead. I think the cinematography for Fear the Walking Dead is far more cinematic, a little bit more impressive, and I think that has to do with the fact that the original was uh, basically a miniseries and I, I think that means it had a very pretty substantial budget so because it was a miniseries there were only like five episodes in the first season they had I'm guessing because I'm not I don't really know but they had a little bit more leeway to do a little bit more when it came to uh, camera placement, cranes, helicopter shots, the, all, the, all the big major shots that really cost money. And I think as a result, the show looks like better than The Walking Dead. Or it has more moments, it has more moments where I'm a little bit breathtaking by what I'm seeing. And uh, I don't really get those moments in The Walking Dead. Not really. Every now and then there'll be a cool shot. There'll be like a tra an interesting tracking shot or like a low-angled camera or what have you. But there are more of those gorgeous moments in Fear the Walking Dead than The Walking Dead. Uh, some of the scenes that come to mind are just like um, the whole trek through the desert for that, uh, that Nick had by himself. Had some gorgeous cinematography, just beautiful shots, uh, high up helicopter shots of the location, locale. And we even got some of that with Ophelia, who's kind of off on her own and uh, how she's kind of approaching the border and stuff. That I thought was pretty, uh, pretty spectacular. Um, and then the shots with the zombies at the, uh, at the pier and how all of the zombies had to kind of walk across this massive pier. And I don't really know how they did it. Because one screw up and they are screwed. But very cool. That was the first time in this show where I felt like people were like, hey, this is a situation. I'm going to take advantage of the fact that I have a working brain. And, uh, and I'm actually going to uh, see what I can do. Uh, against these zombies as opposed to oh what are we going to do it was like okay this world sucks and we may die but we have to do this or we will die I thought that was cool that's their uh, time to grow up moment which I greatly appreciated from the show because it's basically what we've been waiting for with all the dramatic irony with us knowing what it takes to survive in this world um, 
Walking Dead, obviously, they have these arcs that they're kind of going on where it's like the first arc is try to hang on to their humanity or character arcs I mean try to hang on to the character to their humanity then the slowly losing their innocence trying to hang on to their humanity then losing their humanity reveling in the fact that they've lost their humanity where it's they're having more like um more like internal morality where it's these are my people so they're good versus I do good things because whatever and followed beyond that was them trying to regain back parts of their humanity not all of it to where they're going to become vulnerable but parts of their humanity to recognize we have to do some tough choices, but everything doesn't have to be a tough, super extreme, crazy uh, thing where someone could die. So uh, I really appreciate that kind of movement with the show. And I feel like Fear of the Walking Dead is kind of um, showing me bits and pieces, not really to the same extent, but it's still working, still working. You know, There was a lot of good that came from just this show existing, from me watching this show, from all that stuff. I think think there's a positive almost existence that they're trying to establish. They're trying to figure out a way of blending actual reality with this kind of hardcore fantasy. You know, because there's a lot that can be said about kind of going outside of what you normally watch. Like one of my favorite like things about these type of shows is the simple fact that it takes you into a location that you just can't know. And because this is a type of like post-apocalyptic show or a type of fantastical setting, it fully extends into this realm of transforming the real world into a fantasy world. And as this world is transformed, the world gets new rules. It gets new setting. It becomes a little bit more sensationalized and non-serious. So while it's very impressive and very just wild and spacious it's also strangely like appealing there's an appeal to um, the show The Walking Dead because despite the fact that it's terror and danger and horror and just despicable human beings around every corner, there's also extreme forms of love and friendship and companionship. Those type of things which, in our lives, we only get in small doses. So when Rick and Daryl reunite after being separated for whichever arc, it's happened multiple times, and Rick is like, no, we need you. you got to stay with us. We need you. You can't leave. The extreme nature of that emotion just increases the, 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 the power of how strongly it's felt. Because we believe in their reality. We see ourselves as if wanting to exist in this world because of the extreme human connection, because of the extreme... I can imagine myself being like the tough guy or I can imagine myself finding new existence in my otherwise depressive state or I can find myself finding love because someone would really love me for uh, my kindness would fully step up and match with my um, and match my uh, I guess responsibility 
my uh, what's the word I'm trying to say somebody who's resourcefulness my resourcefulness i.e. Glenn so seeing that I can understand how it would be appealing to live in that world but because you got to think about it like a fantasy world or like an RPG world you, you, you imagine man it'd be so crazy if I was in Final Fantasy 8 and I got to go to Balam Garden they were training me to be a soldier keep in mind in this world Characters died. Characters got hurt. They had to fight. They had to use swords and knives and guns. People in The Walking Dead were eaten alive. Poor Noah. All the time. And yet we still have this wistful nature about it. Because we're like, that won't be me. And even if it is me. And even if my life is short. At least my breath, my, the brevity of my existence will have had meaning. Which is almost this crazy contrast where you can wake up and you can go to the office or you can go to school or you can go wherever and just feel as if you're not really having true impact on your day-to-day life. And you see these characters living this style of existence and it's wild, but it's free. And it's restrictive, but it's fair. And you, on some sense, long for that truth Fear the Walking Dead on the other hand blended that truth the fantastic or not blended that truth blended the fantasy of the Walking Dead with more reality the the depth of the of the connection is not nearly as strong yet the the implied truths aren't as strong as the real truths of human nature so it's almost like you get a more I'm trying to see if I can put this in like hip hop terms right like so in hip hop terms Frank Frank Ocean his first album Channel Orange was this brilliant spectacle with clearly defined parameters and gorgeous lush sounds uh, modern stuff mixed with very traditional stuff he'd have uh, songs that sounded like a Stevie Wonder meets um, um, uh, Earth Wind and Fire meets Andre 3000 he'd have he, uh, John Mayer was on there Three Stacks was on the album Pink Matter just some brilliant moments and it was polished and it was exactly what people want need and respond to because it's the 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 styles and the sounds were 100% overt then you look at Frank Ocean's second album Blonde this one the sounds are much more sparse they're a little bit less polished they're a little bit more raw the 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 palette is a little bit broader so it's not just shades of red and shades of complementary green or even better it's not just primary colors it's secondary tertiary everything blends a little bit more so it's like the 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 the, the apple is not so much focusing on this is an apple this is a banana but more this is a bowl of fruit and you dim the light of the apple so it blends better with the light of the banana. Hope I'm explaining this in a way that makes sense for you guys. But for me, I'm rolling. So, it's a little bit more depth to it. But you can't tell. And that's what's so crazy. Because it doesn't hit you as easily. But I feel like the depth and longevity, the, the potential is there in Fear the Walking Dead in a way that we're not really expecting. So, I feel like Frank Ocean and Fear, or no, I feel like Fear the Walking Dead is like Blonde and The Walking Dead is the favorite. It's the classic. That's 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 channel orange I just 
after two seasons of Fear the Walking Dead, and after I watch the third season, I'm going to give a little shout-out, talk about what's going on. Um, because it doesn't really matter when it happens. Because the truth that's in my mind or in your minds, it can be met in an immediate time. Um, I just have a lot of fun with this. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with the show. I'm glad to be back adding more to the podcast. I had a great time doing this. Uh, I think tomorrow or the day after. I'm just going to do a couple a week and kind of space it out. I definitely want to talk about power because we're pretty close to finishing season four. And I think once we get season four finished, I'm going to just go off because power is a very flawed show that should have been on up there on par with a Mad Men or Breaking Bad or The Wire. But I don't know if it would have been as popular immediately. So, you know, fuck if I know. But I'm just saying. It has crazy potential, but it's very flawed. And very flawed shows are very interesting. So that's all I want to say about Fear of the Walking Dead Season 2. We'll talk about Season 3 later And let me give my sign off real quick. So as always, thank you for listening to Otaku Beef. I'm Zid Raw, Z-I-D-R-A-V-V. Please check me out everywhere. Uh, Find my stuff on SoundCloud. I just put Abandoned Wear up on um, my Bandcamp, zidraw.bandcamp.com. Listen to it there. Uh, If you want to buy it, please by all means, I would much appreciate it. It's not too much. Four tracks. I'm charging $2.99. I think it's, you know, get four tracks for the price of three. Definitely check it out. Abandoned Wear. It's a very strange, but very me concept where I I know that I'm not real. And I say this all the time. I'm, I'm living a 2D existence, but I'm exploring this 3D world. I'm more pixels and watercolors and ink and flesh and bone. And I just try and express this, but it's hard to communicate to you regular individuals. So I have to do it in this pixelated, thumping way. So I think the style's getting dope. Uh, if you don't have time to listen to much, definitely listen to the single In My Bones. We're going to make a music video for it soon. But if you have love, definitely check it out. I'm going to put it up on iTunes shortly, at least a single, so that we can play it on here. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Every single person who's checked out anything that I've done, uh, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I love you guys. I would not be here without you guys. Every single listen means 100% a lot. So don't forget to like, subscribe, share. Um, And yeah, tune in next time when we're going to talk about power.